Welcome back to Bread and Butter, everybody. We serve up the basics the Hearthstone player needs for improvement. Uh, today, Doc will not be with us. He's not feeling well, but we have a very special guest at, to um, join us, and I'd like to introduce you to World 8. World 8, how are you tonight? We're good. We're good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for acting. So, what have you been doing in Hearthstone lately? Uh, climbing ladder. Um, this is... I would say maybe my favorite week of the year in Hearthstone, they call it the Franken-Meta, where a whole bunch of cards are about to go into wild, so they do a whole bunch of reverts uh, to those nerfed cards. Um, I'm enjoying a deck that I built back in March of the Lich King, which got uh, kind of sideswiped by unrelated nerfs to the deck I was running. Uh, with Forsaken Lieutenant and Climbing Ladder with it uh, quite a bit. Hit, uh, I'm sitting at 15 right now, which is a, a PR for me. Um, so doing pretty well there. So so you are, are, are ranked 15 in, in NA right now out of everybody. Yeah, NA standard, rank 15. So that, that's, uh, that's a pretty huge accomplishment for me. Well, where do you usually finish? Uh, usually in the, let's say like 800s something like that. I've dipped my toes in, uh, you know, double digits before, but I've never, <laughs> never gotten this close to, you know, the, what, what I call the first page. No, no, definitely. Um, that, that is very good. Now, you are part of the Coin Concede Discord along with myself, and we have an entire channel based on season goals, and it's been, I think, very active over the last few months with a lot of us, including yourself, that have been really working hard towards improvement. It's been a lot of fun kind of rooting each other along and pushing each other along. And I played the deck. You gave me this deck, I believe, a few days ago, and this deck is the Death Rattle deck that we were playing in Rogue without the Undead package, right, for the most part? Yep, yep, you're just getting Burning Blade Acolytes down and making huge boards and going face and finishing off the Wicked Stabs. And yeah, it's I... really tough to deal with, uh, you know, when you get it going, it'll have like four or five eights by turn five. It's a pretty, it's pretty hard to deal with. Plus, it's not the rogue deck everyone's looking for right now. They're either looking for Thief or they're looking for... Um, they're looking for Miracle Rogue. Now, if their people are seeing you at the top of the ladder, I'm sure they're kind of, they already know it's coming. So it, it must be different oh, now. Oh, yeah. That they're no, they, they, yeah. Now that I've queued into the same people multiple times, they, they figured out the gig. So uh, I was on a very good winning streak with that element of surprise, which I do not have anymore. <laughs> but it's, that's okay. I mean, I'm still doing something different. Um, again, the point is I enjoy this week because everything is up in the air. A lot of people are playing their favorite decks for the last time before they rotate out. Um, because we also have core rotation too. Uh, so, you know, you're seeing a lot of people trying to be greedy with Bran, um, for the last time because it does, that card doesn't really see play in wild. It's a really fun card for a lot of people. Um, you know, Contraband Stash. A hugely popular card rotating out you know thief rogue is not a good deck statistically like that this is a deck that you know if you look at stats it's a 45% win rate like you will not you're, you're not gonna win with this deck um or you're not likely to but people love it and so they're still they're gonna play it up until we get the new expansion which is tomorrow at this time of recording um 
for me though i i love the mess of this one week last year i was playing a drekthar evolve shaman so if you weren't in that meta it had uh <laughs> there was a revert to a card that basically evolved your board um the the knuckler and it was really good with drekthar which recruited two minions anyway just totally bogus deck that you could only play in that one week and it was oh i loved it it was it was i love this one week of just nonsense um i enjoy wild uh it's not my main format but i it this week is kind of like wild light <laughs> you know your uh your diet standard wild mix it's it's really good um so yeah well about two weeks ago uh well about two months ago i was playing a lot of the evolve shaman and when the frank emitter came back i said all right let's play a little evolve shaman tonight and then i evolve i, I blazing transmuted my knoll and my only option given to me was knoll apparently it was a known issue and they fixed it since but that was kind of a bummer when i was all excited to get back in there and and nope that wasn't that wasn't fixed they have that hard-coded now instead of being um, <laughs> is hard yeah but they, they fixed it pretty quickly so um i will probably play a little bit more evolve shaman tonight i played a couple games of it today um but it's been good so for me um i have been playing uh a lot yeah what are you up to you tell me <laughs> <laughs> I, I i have been in a weird spot so like I got into Legend really early this month. I came in around 197, which, you know, so last month I, I had my highest finish ever, and now my MMR hopefully is better, but uh, I got in there early, and then I have kind of haven't played much the last week and a half. I have, but I've been playing some Wild, I've been doing some Battlegrounds, and, and I'm enjoying the game, but I'm also ready for the new expansion, so I, I'm apprehensive because the last two months maybe three months but pretty much the last few metas i have been playing one or two decks so i i, I played a lot of shagro i played a lot of evolve shaman i played uh the only other deck i really played it within that really was the uh felrel spell dh so i've really hung my hat on sticking with decks and i've been having fun with it it's it's if it was something that was really getting to me i would have switched but i've had having fun i've been learning the decks i even feel like so i had over 600 games with the uh aggro aggro priest list but i still don't feel like i have the deck under completely understood because i'll get there and i'll be like all right i have two lieutenants here do i keep one do i mulligan one what do you do against that it feels like no matter how much you play every matchup and every hand is a different opportunity for learning and, and it's those decisions that you make especially in the mulligan that make i think such a huge difference from being you know a legend player and being a high legend player it's like those decisions and you can probably speak to it obviously more than i can are, are really what kind of help propel you into a higher uh bracket uh yeah i mean i obviously you've proven yourself to be a great player um being an 11x is, is no joke. Um, it took me, you know, I started taking Hearthstone a bit seriously about a year ago. And from that point on, it took me four to six months before I got to 11x. Right. And this is like, I am not like, you know, all the time every day, but, you know, I was putting effort into getting to Legend. And then three months later, I finally squeaked into 11x. And then I was out of it for two more months. <laughs> right. And, uh, 
it's uh, it is quite the accomplishment. Um, you should be proud of yourself. I know that a few other players on that other Discord, the Queen Could See Discord, um, you know, were working all together. It felt like a team effort. Everybody was trying to get the under uh, the top 1,000 finish this last month, particularly. Uh, I'm not sure why, but everyone kind of rallied. It was awesome to see. Um, I think it's uh, content creators like yourself help a lot for learning. Um, it's really useful to watch both the very high level players um, make their watch their decision making, but it's also it's worth watching people who aren't those high level players that are, are playing at ranks that are more appropriate to whatever you know uh, if whatever you're if you're watching it whatever your rank is that's a good le level to watch as well. Um, because you see people make mistakes and high level players don't make mistakes very frequently, maybe once every stream or something, right? But, you know, you'll see, uh, on other, let's say more average streamers, uh, they'll constantly make mistakes. And, uh, it's, it's reassuring to know that they're just humans out there that are playing the game. Um, and it's it, it, I, I've learned an enormous amount um, from watching streamers and uh, and that's you know I, I'm very grateful that we have content creators out there doing it it's interesting you say that too the way you were talking about the different levels because like if you watch someone say like Bannerface they're just going to be saying the right play right here is to do X Y and Z and they do it and they win and whatever and, and it makes sense whereas someone um, a little bit lower like you, if you watch uh, like Wicked did. He'll say, well, I think this is the play here, and he'll talk through it, and you'll be like, well, I thought about this. Mm. And then he'll also kind of like, well, I thought about this, but this is the reasons why I do that. This is the reasons I don't do that. And and sometimes you're right, sometimes he's right, and it's it's definitely there's a lot of opportunity for learning there, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so I couldn't agree more. But we'll talk more about um, your climb uh, shortly. But what have you been doing outside of the game of Hearthstone? Uh, well, uh, my spouse and I, we took our two boys and my mother-in-law to Florida. We went to Bush Gardens, which is, you know, about two and a half hours away from Disney World. So this was not a Disney World trip. This was a next to Disney World trip. <laughs> but uh, my, my, my son, who is five, um, has his spring break from uh, kindergarten. Uh, and it just, it aligned, it, the way that it, it worked out, no one else was down there. It was beautiful to be in warm weather coming from northeast where we just hit this bit of a cold spike and on top of that it's awesome to go to an amusement park and just walk on the rides. Like you see the you, you, you go through the the, the um, I forget what they call the waiting lines right but you, you just walk by it. You know you've, I've been to so many amusement parks where it's a two-hour wait and just to walk up to the ride Oh, that's a joy in itself, <laughs> much less the ride. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty big thing that we just did recently. So that was a fun trip. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would recommend going to an amusement park when there's no one there if you can't. That's fair. I believe the last time I went to Bush Gardens was 1980. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was in. I believe I was in kindergarten or first grade at the time. So it's been a long, long time. And and for myself, I watched the I went to see the Mario movie with my kid this weekend. It's not a good movie. Nice. It's not a good movie. It's fun. Oh no! No 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 no! Don't get me wrong. It's an enjoyable movie to watch. 
I very much liked it. It was fun for my kid. Absolutely loved it. In fact, the only thing he said it was he gave it a seven out of ten, but only because it was not long enough for him. Otherwise, it was a million out of ten. It is. It is nostalgic. It is fun. It is goofy. It's not a good movie. Like so, don't go in there okay. expecting to be like, oh, let's hope they. I hope they really like tell a, a good, compelling story here. They don't, but it's enjoyable to watch. It's a, a fun hour and a half ramp romp. Um, we did the Easter good. hunt. We did the Easter egg hunt this weekend. So, we brought my kid. He's gonna be nine. He, you know, he's just at the edge where you know he's got like another year or two, and then he starts kind of getting out of that kind of thing. Uh, we do this mm. Easter egg hunt where we go. It's it's an official event where you pay tickets and they have all kinds of booths from all different things. And then there's an Easter egg hunt. And you get the Easter egg hunt, you know, you think you'd try to find Easter eggs, but it's really just inside the sports complex. And you walk in and you turn the corner and there's just eggs everywhere. There's no hunting. It's just go take mm-hmm. 12 eggs. And that's kind of disappointing to me. I'm like, you, you got to hunt a little bit. You got to, but it's just, you go in, you take 12 eggs and you leave. And it's just like, uh, we, we, we paid money for this, but. I, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, let's talk about you, because I, you, okay. this is, if I understand, this is the first time you've been on a podcast, right? So, that's correct. And and you're not a streamer yet, correct? No, I, I'm not a streamer. Is that something that's in the in the cards for you? Um, I'm so inconsistent from when I play that I would be one of those streamers that would pop on and just be like, I'm live, and then, but I, I wouldn't try to garner following. You know, I probably would just, uh, if anything, just stream while I play. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be, I enjoy spectating in the game itself a lot. Um, and I enjoy it when people spectate me. Um, I've got <clears throat> actually a pretty curated uh, friends list, and I think that's a pretty cool experience. Um, especially going back and uh, <clears throat> maybe it's a, a little bit egotistical, but now I'm playing against streamers on their streams, right? And so the next day I'll, I'll go back and be like, well, I want to see my game from their perspective. Um, and I really enjoy that. So I think I, I would probably enjoy streaming, but I, I don't have the setup for it. Um, right now I don't have the voice for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, it, don't even talk to me about not having the voice for this. I do podcasting, I do uh, streaming, and I do not have a voice that is made for any of that. And I also have a face that was made for radio. So, um, <laughs> no, if, if it's something if it's something you wanted to do and, and you just got out there and you get out there and you start streaming and then someone starts talking to you and, like, you start talking to your game, even if it's just one person. Like, I have a few regulars that are in my chat all the time and it, it's, it just really starts to build up that desire to be online and, and just oh I'm going to play anyway so you fire up the stream and, and you get people to talk to all the time and it, it's a lot of fun so um, if you're considering it like don't worry about making a schedule don't worry about making it don't worry about getting the best equipment just get out there go live and, and start playing Hearthstone and, and see if you like it and you never know yeah cool maybe I will all right. So what are you doing when you're not playing Hearthstone? Oh, uh, well, um, I've got my own company. I do consulting work. Uh, so that allows me a lot of flexibility for jumping in and out of games, which is nice. Uh, I have two young kids, um, one of them who is five, who I mentioned before, and the other one who is six months old. 
So for the last six months, I've kind of had my hands full with having a, you know, a little one around the house. Um, but we're looking forward to the summer. My wife is, as she self-proclaimed, type A. So she keeps our calendar very busy with all kinds of family stuff uh, for weekends. So it's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty typical life. Um, other than, you know, I, I, I enjoy the flexibility of being able to jump on a game at, you know, 10.45 in the morning because I'm between calls or something like that. Uh, that flexibility is super nice that not a lot of people get to enjoy. Uh, but, yeah. I can't say I don't ever drop on a game when I'm in a meeting that I don't really have to pay that much attention to. I'll, <laughs> I'll have the Battleground under the window or something like that. I usually try to play like wild or i'll try to play battlegrounds or something that i don't have to focus on or if something that i get pulled away from i i can i don't care too much if i lose but at the same point if it's the climbing eh, you know whatever um yeah so i hear that uh i i would contend that battlegrounds is tricky because if you do well and you're not shooting for top four it can take a long time to finish a battlegrounds game um and i i love the mode but it's like sometimes i sit down I'm like if I commit to this Battlegrounds game, am I ready to commit for 40 minutes to get to top place? No, probably not. It's also very easy to forget that you've not taken a turn or two when you get distracted by something if you're working on it. So you mm. go back to like, oh, I've missed two turns. I guess I'm done with this game. Uh, so Yeah, yeah. The kind of decks I enjoy in Wild are the games are over by turn five. So... <laughs> Yeah, I like the scammy decks. I like the the, the uh, scam rogue. I like uh, I, I play a um, I got a deck from Marky Mark there that was a high keeper raw rogue that's actually moderately consistent, and most people don't see high keeper raw coming. Nope, and that's the great thing about wild. All it's all <laughs> kinds of stuff, and it's and, and it's uh, there's definitely tier one decks that'll punish you in that format, but that uh, tier two list is very very long. Yes. Which is nice. You can you can have you can have a winning a winning list with a lot of real good creativity there. I uh, I was actually um, playing at pretty high ranks of legend, and I ran into somebody playing a uh, proving grounds demon hunter deck, and what they did is that they used dispose of evidence to get um, Mechathune and I forget the point it's like some kind of poisonous um, beast or something right and then they were proving grounds the two at the, the final turn to blow them up and win the game um, and this was a high level, level legend in wild like you just see all kinds of crazy stuff um, cool. so it, it, I like that format quite a bit oh it'll be interesting we're supposed to be getting a, a tweak either tweak to the format or a new format or something i believe in the second expansion of this year so looking forward to that now how did you get started yeah, in gaming right. how did you get started in gaming and how did you find your way into hearthstone uh well i think you know for me i was the kid at the you know i'm old enough to have gone to blockbusters and there was you know, video game consoles at the, you know, the, the store there and, you know, you could just try it out and, you know, not too long later I was asking for that for Christmas for my parents and they got one for me after about a year of asking for it and, uh, you know, I was, I was pretty hooked for a while then. It was, a, it was a nice thing that I could do on my own. Um, and then in terms of Hearthstone, 
I got really into Magic the Gathering when I was a teenager. I was uh, I was right there, not I would say at the conception of it, but I was there pretty early on. Like my teenage years collided right when it like spiked in popularity, um, and that just this that just hit this terrific creativity, competitive, you know, a little bit of an addictive quality to it. Um, and I've enjoyed collectible card games since. Um, and then Hearthstone came along uh, for me about 10 years later, and it was something I could play on the iPad uh, late at night. I could just boot up a game. Um, like, I was in the very early, like, right after the beta or something. And I played that for, you know, like, really on and off. Like, really just, like, maybe once a week I'd do, like, an arena game. Um, and then I put it down for a long time. But uh, I think I picked it up again during the pandemic, like a lot of people um, kind of reaching for the Battle.net client and being like, oh, I played World of Warcraft. That seems like too much, man. What's <laughs> this other? Oh, yeah, Hearthstone. That seems like a fun game that I remember. Um, and that's, that's how I got to it. Fair enough. Uh, so as we talked about before, you've recently been pushing into the top 100 legend, apparently in the top 20 legend now. Was this something... Was it something you were really setting out to doing? Was it an accident? How, how did how did you become go from being a, a a really good Hearthstone player to becoming a great Hearthstone player? Well, thank you for the compliment. I don't consider myself a great Hearthstone player quite yet, um, but it's uh, in terms of the ladder climb. I think we all try to push ourselves as far as we can. Um, when we get on the ladder, uh, typically it's because we want to win the game. Uh, we want to have fun, but winning is fun. And so I'd say if you're you're out there climbing the ladder, you you want to win, um, and you take whatever advantage you can when you get there. Uh, for me though personally, I had a push last month with Enrage Warrior because I kind of wanted to make a point. I wanted to make a point that this deck is good, and it's good enough to get to top 100 with, and I did it. And it was a deck that I put a lot of games into um and i tracked all those games i analyzed my my replays and i really took that deck and i curated it and i mastered it as far as that particular build went and i pushed it to 100 and that was my goal my goal was to get like that on hearthstone decks i did that i felt very accomplished and then i pushed on Vicious Syndicate for that to be the Enrage list, and it is currently the Enrage list if you go on that site right now, and that was a huge accomplishment for me, but I had to have some kind of goal, like notable rank, for those two things to happen, those two kind of side goals. Like, I'm not looking to get Master Tour points or things like that. Um, maybe a little bit of bragging rights for my own, you know, record, but for at least for the enrage push it was to get that deck on the map and now i can look on the hearthstone um replay site and i can see that deck i played maybe 200 300 games of that now there's thousands of games that people have net decked that deck that particular build with all my little tweaks and stuff and that's really cool for me um this month i'm not sure i just i wanted to play this deck that i'm playing right now again this is a deck I built, it's powerful, and it, I wasn't trying to make a point. I just hit a really good winning streak uh, 
from the time I entered Legend. I entered Legend at like 400 or something, which is not bad. It's fine. Um, and I just was like, I'm picking this deck up. And over the course of the week, I think I've gone something like 56 and 5. Like, it's been an insane run with this deck. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, it's it's always good to push yourself. And I think, yeah, I, I there's not much to it other than, uh, for me, I like proving a point sometimes, too. Now, when you won the Coin Concede Listener Series, were you also proving a point? Tell us about that. That, that seemed like that was a lot of fun. It was nice to see, to see you uh, pull off that victory. Oh, yeah. Um, well, the Coin Concede uh, tournament was a lot of fun. I hope for everybody. Uh, it was my first time doing a tournament, and I was ecstatic to, to make it all the way to the top eight, much less win it. Uh, you can't see it if you watch the video replay, because uh, I was trying to keep my cool. Uh, <laughs> maybe to uh, a dangerous degree, but... Yeah, the eye of the tiger. It's, uh, you know... Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was also one of those things, you know, you could tuck it under your belts and, you know, maybe not hang it on the wall at your house, but you, you know you did it, and it's pretty cool, uh, even if it was, a, it was a smallish tournament, I think it was like 30 people, something like that, but it was, you know, it was fun, and um, I, I, I think it's also really important that within that is a community, right? There's a community of all these people talking online, watching each other, encouraging each other, being like, when you say good game, you really mean good game. Because this is somebody you've talked to and chatted with about this game overall a lot, but that particular game you can go back and, and chat. And so that made a really positive experience, I hope, for everybody. Yeah, that's been one of the interesting things that we talked about. We have the kind of a, a couple different chats going on and the coin concede, one about season goals. I've also involved in another one with the, uh, the Shagro Priest. And it's been great that we were all kind of improving, and now we're all kind of bumping into each other at um, higher higher levels of legend and, and chatting with each other after the game. Be like, oh, I can't believe you had that mulligan, and I I got really stuck here. It's been a lot of a lot of fun to actually have those interactions with people more and more after the game, and I think a lot of that is just building our community, and it's been it's been really enjoyable. But um, you said earlier that you're not making a push for Master's Tour, but is that something that's completely out of sight for you? Is there any kind of maybe I should think about it? or? No, I, I don't have the time. I, they just made it... If they had the old format of, you know, uh, like kind of a... You know, we're going to... You put your hat in the ring, and then you compete, and after, you know, 10 rounds of Swiss or whatever, like top... 16 make it like this this ladder competition points i don't have time for that um no. i'm doing well but it's it's way too much of a grind um all right i think we're having a little bit of your the internet issues you said you might you had warned us about a little earlier on yeah i'm sorry oh don't be sorry it happens i i, I marked it so i can take a look and just val validate if you need to cut anything um so do you consider? I know you're saying you're playing the rogue right now. Um, do you consider yourself a warrior main? Because I know we talked about that quite a bit, and, and you really put your staple into uh, the enraged warrior. And we're here to talk about warrior today. But uh, do you consider yourself a warrior main, or do you consider yourself an all-around player? What do you think? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, for anyone listening to this, uh, there is a graph that floats around that says. Are you an aggro player? Are you a control player? Are you a combo player, right? And it's this kind of this triangle. 
and in between those points are like kind of subcategories. So for me, I'm what's an aggro combo kind of like player. Like that is my jam. I want to be proactive, but I want to have the ability to just be like, game is over, snap. You know, like it's it's done because I pulled off my my uh, my little combo. Um, Naga Priest was absolutely my favorite deck when it was competitive because it could do that. It had this pretty aggressive game plan, but then you could just blow out a game from nowhere, and it was I, I loved that part of it. So not really a warrior main. I just picked Enrage Warrior because it has that kind of snowball that effect that um, I really found appealing with Naga Priest. And I think I also found it a darling in that no, like it was just the runt of the litter. It was a decent deck. No one cared about it. And I was like, okay. And I just got involved with caring about it. And even if it wasn't the best deck, I it, it was good enough for me. No, well, good enough for you and Enzo. Enzo really also kind of... Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's, there's dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> okay, Tobias. Um, so what is something people might find surprising about you? doesn't have to be personal. doesn't have to be anything. It can be something silly or stupid, but... What's something that people would be kind of surprised to learn about you? Um, I don't know if it's too surprising, uh, but I love pizza. I love making pizza. And my wife got me what's called an uni oven. And this uni oven is an outdoor uh, pizza oven. And it cooks pizza at about 800 degrees. And... I love that thing, but I hate that thing at the same time because it, it'll cook a pizza in a minute. And I'm talking like down to like the five seconds. And so, I don't know, I, I, I have a whole like catalog of burnt pizzas <laughs> that my wife likes to, to show to anybody who cares. Um, I, I don't know, I, that's kind of interesting is I just keep going at it with these burnt pizzas. Oh, hey, nothing, but I'm sure some of them come out pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. Well, they come out good. They come out amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you keep going for it. Nice. Um, so pineapples on pizzas. Are you for or against? No, 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 no. Absolutely never a pineapple on a pizza. Are you kidding me? I'll have to. We'll have to agree to disagree on that because I think I think the pineapple, as long as you can't be just pineapple by itself or something, it has to be there with the bacon or it has to be there with the ham and that sweet and salty have to work together otherwise i agree but um it's always interesting the people the hills people die on but anyway let's get to our main topic today and we're here to talk about the state of warrior going into the next expansion we could talk about we could talk about all the the classes and the cards and 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 everything on expansion but you have coin concede for that you have tack for that you have you don't have blizzlet and squelch for that because they're not going to really talk about it anyway but you have the other podcast for that. We're here to talk about something that has been dominating the internet, I'd say, for the last month or so, is the state of Warrior. Because a lot of people have seen the cards coming out for Warrior and have not been happy. We've also heard that over the last... Like you said, you took this deck and you tried to prove that, hey, Warrior is actually good. This deck especially is actually good. And... We even heard Korra come on the Angry Chicken and talk about how they're not happy with the status of Warrior. They want to kind of reinvent it. And uh, that's happening this year. 
I don't know if that means that is happening this year to go into 2024 or if we're going to see that in the next couple expansions because they do work quite a bit ahead. So with all this discourse that's been going around, uh, we got the, these theory crafting streams last week and Warrior seemed okay. So what do you think about the state of Warrior going into the next expansion, just at a very high level? At a high level, I think Warrior is going to be fine. Um, I think they gave themselves a lot of knobs and buttons to, to dial in. Uh, we kind of have to put everything in context, right? Like, we, we get these reveals, and people are very disappointed by the numbers on the cards. That's something they can change. I thought the flavor for Warrior was actually pretty, pretty great. Like, I, I love the concept of the riffs in particular for this expansion um and i love the roaring applause kind of idea for it and for this one particular expansion they they do a lot of themes for one particular expansion they have support just for that one and in terms of power level i think it's going to be okay um but for me flavor is a lot of it too um because if you look at the past you know they had the abyssal curse package it was too weak they nudged the numbers and it became very competitive. The Relic Package. They nudged the numbers, it became very competitive because this is something that people wanted to play. I think people really want to play the Rifts. I think people really want to play Control Warrior. Um, that's some, it's, it's a play style that a lot of people come to Warrior and expect to play Control Warrior. They want that experience and they don't want to play Control Priest. They don't want to play Control Warlock. There's something very different to them about the warrior experience that I think probably for a lot of players is they played Control Warrior in a like the classic Hearthstone sense. Like that is, if you go into classic, that's a deck that you play is, is Control Warrior. And it wasn't really that long ago. From the Depths is less than a year old as of today, right? Like it was a... Control Warrior was a strong deck within the 2022 year. So strong, they nerfed five cards. That power level is is still there. They only changed one card. And so the numbers on the cards can matter a lot. And for me, it's also, you know, it's, everyone keeps saying, is, is, is Warrior in a good place? It's a moving target to be in a good place. Um, I think there's a lot of class. Like we talk about other classes, if they're in a good place or not. Um, like I think that warriors in a it, it's it's the squeaky wheel in a sense too. That uh, again they have all of the dials that they can tweak um, to make it competitive. So and they know that people want to play it. So I think it'll be good. I have confidence. Maybe not to, not right on release. I think it'll surprise people with how good it is on release. I think it'll be just fine. But, um, you know, again, you know, they have a lot of room for nudging things around that they will, they, they know that they know that it's an issue. Like you said, Cora mentioned it. So they'll, they'll keep an eye on it. I agree with you on the comparison for the uh, relics, as it were, for the rifts. And they had to tweak the relics a little bit. And then once they made a slight nudge to, I believe, three of the cards, the, the location, the extinctions, and the 
um, the dimensions, it all it, it all kind of took off. Now, the one thing I don't think matches up with that is the relics scale, where the rifts don't. So it's not like they continue to get powerful, and the order you should play them are going to matter as well because it only it doesn't concurrently play every rift that you played. It only plays the previous rift that you played. So. Yeah, so with the going into rifts, um, we have to be... I, I tend to give the team a little bit more credit than most because they only have so many people on the team and they can only playtest so much. They playtested the rifts with it doing every single riff on the finale. Right? This was the initial design, was that you played the riff and then it plays all of the last riffs like that is a very powerful scaling thing and it was too powerful and so i was not in the room when they made that design decision but it seems very much like a last minute like we are tuning this back to just be the last the last one and they did that with the curse package too they they uh explicitly said that when they released it they're like we know this looks weak it was way too powerful and grievance when we were play testing it and they missed stuff all the time um, in terms of playtesting. There's only so many hours. And then you release this expansion to the Hearthstone community. By the end of this week, there's going to be a million games played. How many games do you think these these employers, employees who have a lot of things to do other than playtest the card game, like actual bug reports and things like that, are, you know, they can't put a million games in in a week. They're going to put a, you know, a few hundred, maybe maybe right on to see the power level of these cards and so as a designer you kind of have to go with your gut a lot and uh they miss things a lot of things yeah um yeah so i think the rifts are an obvious point where they can they can nudge them and they have a lot of dials of numbers where they can nudge them but the rifts are a package they're not a deck so, what kind of deck decks are we looking at early in this expansion for Warrior? Great question. I think we're going to see a lot of people try and control Warrior again. Like every expansion, they're going to try it again. And the question is, is it good enough? I don't think that the traditional sense of control Warrior, of sit there, do nothing, is going to ever be good enough again. Um, I think once we got to Nathria and everyone realized that a big minion pile will just plow through any control deck if you can't finish the game. That's going to be the case for anyone who builds a super conservative warrior deck. I think that if people build the Trench Stalker deck, the Black Rock and Roll deck, right? Like, and you're using that to finish the game. Like, you play a Black Rock and Roll, to me, that's a Mithril Rod. That is a, you better finish your, like, you see that Mithril Rod hit the table right now in Standard? You know you've got a two-turn clock to kill them before you get bombed away. It's going to be the same thing with Black Rock and Roll. And the Rifts are going to be, they're either going to be part of that deck or they're not. I don't see them being part of an aggressive deck. Um, just not enough going on there for, you know, not enough proactive things. But, you know, if we use the Rifts as a way to cultivate a very small minion pool, something like that, you know, that's where their potential is. Now you say I, I I've heard good things about Black and Rock and Roll coming out of the uh, theory crafting stream, but it seems like any time we've ever had an effect like that, Lady in White comes to mind, 
Uh, we had one this expansion that was what was a seven seven double dominion stats in your deck. Um, those never right. seem Lothamar. Though, yeah, Lothamar. Those seem to never pan out. They always seem to you're doing one a turn one to really do nothing. I mean, in this case, they have bodies to them, but those always sound like they're going to work out pretty well, and and they end up not. So, what makes you think that this black rock and roll is going to be different? I think the, for me personally, I think it's just such a, a massive boost that it's, again, it's going to end games that uh, otherwise would have dragged on. And the other card that I have a lot of faith in is Last Stand, right? You play Black Rock and Roll, now you can tutor those big minions. You can pull them out of your deck immediately. Uh, the problem with Lady in White, Lorthamar, right, you have to, you've done this big deck buff. How do you get those cards buffed back into your hand, and how do you start playing with them immediately? Um, we also have Sir Finley, swaps the hand, right? That'll that'll help a lot. But you're right. I mean, we, we had Snapdragon released. That's a, it was a little baby buff to everything in your deck. It was not good enough. Um, and, but this is, this is a huge effect. This is a very very significant buff to a lot of charge minions in particular if we're talking about warrior class identity at all charge is going to be one of them right and if you put big stats on charge stuff it ma it starts to matter plus you don't run you could run this alongside Lorthamar, right like there's a redundancy there yeah if you do adult, you do both great but if you do one or the other you know now you've got basically a card and a copy of that card it's a two card thing it's a little bit more reliable um and as for the effect that you're looking for so i i i think you're going to see some pretty big scary uh minions coming out of warrior that are going to put you on a pretty quick clock if you can't deal with them and then that deck just keeps spitting them out and it's going to be nice to have ramonia in that as well i think a lot of people are looking forward to a, a very big sword that also rushes at their opponent all right so right again going back to the charge idea of it, right? Like Trench Stalker, Remornia, Olgra. These are all charge-ish minions. Alright, so aside from the Black Rock and Roll, what other decks do you think that, that are going to be out there that people are going to want to try early on and be successful with? I think the Menagerie um, is underrated right now, especially if you put a lot of emphasis on the mechs coming from the core set. Um, there's quite a bit of hand buffing that is available to warrior um, with party animal you could potentially put I, I think you could put anima extractor in a menagerie deck and do just fine with that that card is really powerful on its own um, and those decks don't really look great but what roaring applause does is it lets you draw a lot of cards and that is something that aggressive decks kind of need I mean impending catastrophe for warrior is a big deal for aggro um, I, uh, I, it's also really incredible with Voon. I think Voon is really underrated to duplicate the, um, you know, your Zillax, to duplicate uh, your one-man amalgam band, which someone started calling Weird Al, and I just <laughs> love that nickname for that card. That's good. Um, you duplicate, yeah, you, you duplicate those cards, and like, okay, maybe get a little bit of value, but like a, a duplicated Weird Al is two of those is, is that's gonna end games there too. Uh, that looks like a lot of fun. So you don't think Control Warrior is going to be the thing? Um, 
I think a more proactive control warrior. So if we look right now at what standard was like for the last six months, let's say, you had the Abyssal Curse package. It never existed on its own. It existed with the imp front end. I think that's where we're going to see the warrior, like anybody who wants to play control warrior, they're going to do something like that. They're going to end up doing this good, you know, tempo stuff in the front, control stuff in the back. Um, I think that's going to be a more successful strategy. So can we call that mullet warrior? Sure. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right. So we've, so we've talked a bit about uh, Cora talking about warrior on the angry chicken, that they want to redefine the kind of what warrior is, what it does. I feel like the hero power is a big issue because uh, they, they seem to take all the armor stuff that's interesting and give it to Druid. I, 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 a lot of the minions they've been given to Druid, like Nubricon, like why is that not a warrior minion? Uh, it, 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 it seems to be counterproductive. But, but she says they're looking to redesign here. Are we seeing signs of that here? Um, and um, what do you think warrior's biggest overall issues are long term? I, I agree with you completely. I feel like the Anubricon package felt very much like a we took it from Warrior. Um, and the hero power, you know, they just took a look at the priest hero power and said this is not good enough. And they did made a new mechanic out of it. Uh, Warrior's in a little bit of a trickier position. Uh, I would say Warrior has basically three traditional identities, right? Armor is one of it, tied into the armor up ability and those cards have not really worked outside of galvanger you know he's the like galvanger was really the only card that cared about like how much armor you gained was important um if you play duels one of the heroes in duels is um his basically instead of armor up it says if you have armor put a bomb in your opponent's deck so you care about armor then too but it, again, it's kind of like corpses in uh, the better Death Knight decks, where it's like the less you care about this resource, the better. And so you can't explicitly have, you're not explicitly playing the cards in those Death Knight decks that are like, you need, you know, like Corpse Bride, like you need these corpses to do something. No, you, you're just kind of playing cards that are incidental to that. And that's <clears throat> where Warrior is struggling with armor as a resource. You still have Shield Slam, very powerful card, but you need that build up. And it's just really hard to keep that armor up. Um, the second identity is kind of the Enrage identity, right? And that was not supported at all in this expansion. So the first one, Armoring, not really supported except for the the one drop and the weapon. And then Enrage, not supported at all, at, you know, in any way. And the third identity is weapons. So weapons were kind of supported here in this expansion in a few ways. Um, but the challenge with Warrior is that it's kind of, it feels like it's kind of like sitting, sharing its toys with everybody. It's not having anything really unique to its own, you know, the other than the riffs, right? Like that's why people are wanted the riffs to be really strong because if that worked out well, that was a good identity for Warrior for this expansion a little disappointing because if you build that menagerie deck it's going to be a lot of neutrals the whole deck is almost like it's like 24 neutrals and then like six warrior cards it you know that doesn't really feel like a warrior class identity deck um so with regards to did they find an identity for warrior no i don't think they did was warrior going to be in a good state yeah i think it'll be fine i'm hoping so, that they 
Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that they do do something really creative with it. Um, I have an idea in mind, but I don't think they're going to do it. Um, but yeah, I think the hero power is a big issue. Well, so speaking of your big idea, uh, if you were hired by Team 5 as a consultant to fix Warrior over the next year, how would you do it? I would make weapons matter a little bit more, and I know they've tried that in the past, but I would let Warrior do wield. I think that would be really cool. Um, you know, or maybe even like a sword and board. So you have a weapon and you have some kind shield. of shield, right? Like you give, or maybe you, you still have the Warrior that does the Arcanite Reaper. Like that's taking up two weapon slots. If you gave Warrior two weapon slots, I think that could add a lot. I think that'd be a really interesting design space for the class to be like, am I going really aggressive here? Do I have two wep two little weapons? Do I have a weapon and a shield? You know, that kind of thing. And if I do, do I make my shield really important? Um that's that's what I would do. Um, That'd be interesting. They, like what would you what would you do though? Would you would they have to like maybe would it have to work like multi strike where you kinda attack the same target twice or because like you you equip two doom howls and you go right base or whatever that's is is that good is that is that healthy um i almost think that you'd have to mitigate that in some way in order to make it fair on some level yeah no i mean it's it's a wild idea right and <laughs> um but you know it, it would at least spark some discussion amongst the designers like how would we do this like how do we take armor up and instead of making it an armor focused like would we make that ability weapon focused um because I think, you know, for me, one like a really iconic warrior card that they recently released, never saw any play, was hit it very hard, right? One mana, plus 10 attack, can't attack heroes. Like, that is just like a, I'm going to smash you with my face. Because that's what I, it, it's just like terrific flavor. Um, and so you can have your weapon and with, uh, you know, the Outriders actually could use that to like kill something, draw a card, blah, blah. But it was, uh, I don't know, for me, that's a lot of things that's Warrior's doing all at once, right? The weapon matters in that case. The making sure you have enough armor to take it, that damage from that minion matters in that case. The I do want to take some damage, you know, enrage myself kind of case. Like that, that card, very simple, great flavor. Um, we don't need more of those. Never saw play. Uh but uh you know i think that's good like class identity right there in that one card what if they were to do something like a, a dark bishop benedictus style card for warrior that if you have some condition met your hero power changes if you include this card like what would that yeah. hero power what could that hero power be i was thinking something along the lines of a mini blood loss where you get you get like battle shout which which i know is a card you'd have to name it something different but um it would give like all your minions plus one attack for the hero power so you can look to duels for um you want some good ideas for hero powers creative hero powers i mean in if you go to duels right now they have three different hero powers that they could pick from right that are all pretty solid um one's the bomb idea one is the uh inner fire uh, inner rage right like you do one damage to a minion if it dies give it plus two attack if it or if it survives give it plus two attack if it dies get two armor and that costs two to use Maybe it costs three to use now, but anyway, like that's a, uh, you know, that if you built that into it, the inner fire 
our inner rage, you know, that would be something worth building around. Fair enough. So what would you say to all the doom and gloomers out there in Twitter land talking about Warrior? Um, should they be optimistic or pessimistic going into this, this next expansion? I would say that they should be a little bit more optimistic about the state of Warrior, but they should be pessimistic about the Warrior that they're going to find. Um, I think if they, they want their classic control Warrior, they're not going to find it this expansion. But if they want to find a Warrior deck, there will be one. I think it'll be a long time before we see classic uh, control warrior. I just think that they're trying to get away, even though they seem to still give priests those tools. I, I think they're trying to get away from just that attrition type game style because that's really not fun, an engaging game for the players that are playing against it. All right. But well, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to get a little full. Why don't we uh, head on over to dessert? Sure. Uh, World eight. Where can people find you if they're looking to, to, to engage with you more? Uh, I don't really do much social media. Um, I do have a Twitter account that I very occasionally use, world8 underscore HS. And after this, maybe I'll make a, a Twitch page. Who knows? But a bit of a lurker right now. If you, if, you get, if you do start up a Twitch page, let us know. We will make sure we promote it here on the show. Um, you can um, find Doc McButt at Doc McButt on Twitter. You can find me at Tito Santana HS on Twitter and Twitch. And I stream most nights between 9 and 12 Eastern. Um, if you have enjoyed the show in general, uh, if you would like to give us a five-star review, that'll help more people find the show and, and keep us moving. Uh, we just want, we'd like to have more people hang out and listen to us. Uh, hopefully you find it engaging. And... Um, yeah, so World 8, anybody you'd like to shout out tonight? Or anybody you'd like to thank or acknowledge? Well, thank you for having me on tonight. It's uh, It's been a privilege. Um, but I also want to give a big shout out to that Coin Conceit crew of people that have just been very supportive and uh, coalesced around supporting each other. Um, I think that was really awesome to see any kind of community get together. I, I, uh, I'm part of other discords that aren't as uh, supportive of each other. Uh, even if they're competitive Hearthstone players. Um, so shout out to everybody there who's uh, who's over there, like patting each other on the back and giving good advice. Yeah, I, I would second that. If you are looking for a community to start talking with in order to improve your Hearthstone game, or even just talk Hearthstone, even if you are a Gold 5 player that just enjoys playing the game and you want to have some discourse about it, Coin Conceive Discord is the perfect place to start. Everyone there is very positive. Everyone there loves talking about Hearthstone and other things, and it is a lot of fun, um, so I recommend you joining there. Um, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Uh, I know that this is, I think, is your first podcast, like we said, so I appreciate you uh, uh, taking that effort to figure out your audio and come on down and hang out. Um, want to shout out Enzo, who was going to join us tonight, but had to apparently fly a plane or something like that, do his <laughs> job. You know, I mean, can't, can't can't adjust for the for the uh podcasting but hey what are you gonna do um i want to thank my uh mods matted arms and pilot who we had a fun game of battlegrounds last night we did some group battlegrounds and um we also did some blizzlet uh if you're not part of blizzlet that's also a very great community we did some game night where we did some jackbox on saturday night and that was always a good time but anyway thanks again uh world for joining us and uh look forward to seeing you uh continue on with your dominance of the ladder and um, 
thanks everybody. I think we're toast. See ya. See ya. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light.